0: Telemedicine has been discussed since the 1960s and generally refers to the use of communications and information technologies for the delivery of clinical care. Why, again, are we talking about telemedicine? And are there aspects of telemedicine that actually make sense to incorporate into your practice? Welcome to the Business of Medicine on the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskell. Joining me today, Dr. Bill Crown, who is the Senior Director of Worldwide Health for the Microsoft Corporation, in his role there, he works directly with Microsoft industry partners and healthcare organizations to help them benefit from using Microsoft technologies and solutions. Dr. Krauss is also known locally and nationally for his work in medical communications. Dr. Krauss, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Larry. Pleasure to be on. So what is going on with telemedicine and uh, what is new that we really should be excited about?
1: Well, I think what's happening is the definition or our notion of what telemedicine really is, uh, is changing with the times. As you stated, telemedicine has certainly been around since the 60s and 70s and possibly back uh, to the time of the invention of television itself. But the service was primarily limited to large academic teaching centers, uh, universities, hospital systems, and so forth. It was a big, expensive business. The equipment was big. It was bulky. It uh, took a lot of broad pipes. So its application wasn't very broadly applied. And then there were other issues, of course, around regulatory and reimbursement. Some of those are still with us today. But I think what's different is that uh, telemedicine has become more broadly defined really in, in terms of telehealth or e-health and the idea that any physician with a laptop and a webcam today can literally become a global telemedicine and telecommunications center.
0: Well, I, I know you're you're about to head off to uh, the beautiful country, Luxembourg, for an international conference on e-health, and I think this conference is called MediTel?
1: Yes, that's correct, and this conference has been going on for a number of years, and it's probably no accident that it's taking place uh, in Europe. People who follow my blog, which is called Health Blog, all one word, know that I write frequently about uh, how far behind we are in America in many of these e-health and telehealth initiatives. Europe is really a hotbed of activity for this kind of thing. I suppose one might expect that due to the way healthcare is funded overseas as a as more of a public initiative. But, you know, the European countries just as we are here in America uh, are struggling with healthcare for the senior population with budgets that are ever expanding and governments and other payers are really looking at how can we provide healthcare? How can we actually provision um, not only information but care itself? in ways that are more efficient than the sort of traditional model which says to people, oh, if you need something from a doctor, you must get on the telephone and make an appointment and wait and drive somewhere, so on and so forth. Uh, In 2008, that probably doesn't make a lot of sense, and uh, many countries around the world are awakening to this and are conducting uh, pilots all over the place in terms of how do we bring healthcare in the home. You know, something very interesting is happening back here in America in February of 2009, our television is going digital. Uh, The signal that will be coming into our living room will be all digital all the time. And as the devices that receive that signal start to mature in the marketplace, I think it's going to open up a a whole new realm for two-way digital communication between our homes and any number of services,
0: and healthcare will be one of those. So uh, we'll be able to use our TV slash computer to do a doctor visit, potentially.
1: Yes, uh, actually, and I'm starting to see around the world a number of service models uh, that are taking this into account Of course, here in America right now, the whole retail movement is really taking hold. At last count, about 1,000 of these retail centers, and there will be many, many more in in coming years. Uh, These are being established with high-tech and high-touch in mind. But I'm also seeing a, a new generation of physicians who are looking at our current model and saying, you know, I can do better than this. They're looking at how they use something called unified communications, basically, to not only communicate and collaborate with the extended care team, But also with their patients. So, uh, physicians are figuring out ways to do messaging and mail and even video visits with patients, and you're going to start seeing services where. Patients basically can go online with their doctor. They might describe their symptoms, and based on uh, you know templates and other things, they'll be pointed to their options for receiving care. Those options for some things might include an email or message exchange or a video visit over the web. In other cases, they'll be directed to come into the office. But I think consumers will start seeing a broader array of choices in the way they interact with the healthcare industry and healthcare providers in the same way that uh, they're interacting with, you know, financial services and retail and other kinds of services.
0: As you're talking about it, I'm thinking in my own practice what that would be good for. And and not necessarily for a follow-up appointment for pneumonia, but if I started someone on a new antidepressant and want to see them in a few weeks, really I just want to have a conversation with them and look at their face and, and see how they're doing. So it would be great for that.
1: Yeah, you know, Larry, I'm also a primary care doctor by training. I practiced in the Seattle area for 20 years, and I think most of us in primary care certainly recognize the fact that you know, somewhere between 20 and 30 percent of our patients that we saw on any given day are basically, you know, needing a little bit of a snippet of information or some reassurance or a quick check on something. And a lot of that could be offset to more virtual environments so using messaging and mail and video visits and so forth. And I think that once the technology becomes more ubiquitous and simplified, and I think as payers, be they government or private, start to understand the economies of scale and efficiencies that that kind of delivery can bring, then we'll start seeing much more of this, and we'll solve some of the reimbursement and other issues that are part of the mix.
0: You, know, you talk about, the, I think, the key point, which is getting somebody to pay for it. The technology seems to be there, and uh, the doctors are probably willing to do it, able to do it, and all that's missing really is getting reimbursed. So, so where are we in that pathway?
1: Well, there are now codes that have been published for these kinds of visits. So you know, organized medicine is sort of beginning to wrap its arms around this. A number of payers, uh, some of the well-known payers, are beginning to embrace the idea of paying for cognitive services by email uh, as I say, outside of the U.S., where healthcare tends to be more of a publicly funded enterprise, I'm starting to see a lot of interest from health ministers and governments, you know, looking at the booming aging population, looking at uh, the swelling budgets, and, and thinking about new ways to deliver care. And, and when we talk about telemedicine, I think it's important, you know, most of us when we think of telemedicine, you might think of, you know, sitting down in front of a camera and... Right and having a video conversation or something with a clinician who's far away. But actually, it's much broader than that. Uh, It also includes things in the arena of telehealth and telemonitoring. And here we're seeing also a number of uh, private companies coming forward with fabulous new ways of doing monitoring in the home. This can be uh, connected to the Internet or distributed on cellular networks and a range of devices in the home be they things like blood pressure monitors and spirometers and glucometers and and cardiac monitors and any number of things so that we can basically follow our patients and monitor them uh, in their home, uh, be they suffering from a chronic disease or an acute disease that we need to follow up on. So I think we'll we'll see a a much greater uh, array of these kinds of technologies in the home. And then I think you'll see global technology companies such as Microsoft uh, coming forward with solutions, platforms, if you will, Mm -hmm. that allow all this to happen. So
0: so now, I mean, now if you were to pick a company that you uh, have come across that you're excited about their technology that's doing some of this, who is it?
1: Well, I think you'll see all of the medical device manufacturers uh, in this space. And actually, with the Microsoft Health Vault service that we recently launched, you'll see a number of partners there, including Polar and and Johnson and Johnson and others who are coming forward with these smart uh, glucometers and smart physiological monitors basically that can be used in the home will connect to your network and upload data uh, to your health vault account
0: how is the health vault doing is anyone tapped oh, in or broken in there is
1: no there's been nobody the nobody broken in nobody's broken in and uh, i must say that the response, not only here in the U.S. but worldwide, uh, to what we're doing, and not only what we're doing, but I think the you know the kind of work that Google is doing, Revolution Health, and, and many others are doing, because there's no one company that's going to be, you know be the whole game here. But I think this signals a change in the way we think about health information and where it resides, and that this really puts the consumer or the patient at the center of all this, which I think is rightly where it belongs, and aggregates health information, which is, after all, your information, uh, around you, giving you control over who has access to it and who you share it with. So I think that that's all a very positive thing. And, like I say, as we start to aggregate services – And information around the consumer, that also creates the environment for the kinds of telemonitoring and and telehealth services that we're talking about in the program
0: today. I'm thinking about how to merge the health vaults and telemedicine, and I immediately think of a patient could really go to any physician, and if that physician has access to their health vault, they could do an online consultation quite easily and don't have to uh, take an extended half hour to, you know, access all the data because it's already there in front of them.
1: Yes, and there are currently companies operating today that have been quite successful that have been doing this uh, via telephone by providing primary care doctors and others who will do telephone consultations to patients who are willing to uh, pay for such services. But again, I think the kind of thing we're talking about here does open up the arena where in the U.S. that might be confined to uh, patients within your own state, but certainly we're also seeing the, the rise of medical tourism, and globalized health services where one day, you know, you may be talking to a doctor who's available, a world specialist who's available in another country mm-hmm. and is is advising you. So it can definitely be a bit of a game changer, I think, in the way we traditionally think about clinical practice. And I think uh, uh, to my colleagues out there, particularly younger colleagues who are developing new kinds of clinical practices, it's important to not only thinking about, you know, starting digital in your practice and embracing electronic records and so forth, which we are woefully behind here in America, but also be thinking about how you are going to incorporate these kinds of technologies into your practice and caring for your patients and perhaps patients around the world.
0: Bill. Can you look into your crystal ball, the Crown's crystal ball or Microsoft's crystal ball, 5 years from now, what do you what do you anticipate us doing that we would not have even thought of today?
1: Well, first of all, my hope would be that uh, within the 5-year to- time frame that will be pretty close to 100% digital on electronic records here in America, uh, as I've stated in many of my writings and keynotes around the world.
0: Most, very optimistic. <laughs> well, and, and,
1: but I must tell you that most of the rest of the world, the industrialized is world, there. is already there. Yeah. And so we have some serious catching up to do if we want to remain globally competitive, I think, in healthcare care in this country. Beyond that, I think that with certainly within t- uh, five years that the some of these concepts we're talking about, about monitoring our patients in the home, really extending care from our traditional Acute care facilities and clinics into extended care and into the home and nursing homes and so forth using technology will be much more widespread than what we see today. I don't want to overstate the case. I mean, there, this is going to be a, a road that's going to kind of ramp up. We are definitely at the tipping point for this. I see evidence everywhere around the world. And uh, I'm seeing actually very progressive countries uh, doing some amazing things in this regard. Uh, some of this will certainly be what we'll be discussing when I visit uh, Luxembourg in a few weeks and speak at Meditel.
0: Well, Dr. Phil Krauts of Microsoft Corporation, thank you so much uh, again for coming back on the show and have a safe trip to Luxembourg. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Take care, Larry. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, and you've been listening to The Business of Medicine on the Clinicians Roundtable on Reach MD XM 157. If you'd like to comment or listen to our full library of podcasts, please visit us at ReachMD.com. If you register on the website with the promo code radio, we'll give you six months free of streaming ReachMD. You can listen to day or night on your computer at home or at work. Thanks for listening.
1: This ReachMD program is featured on Sermo, a free online community exclusively for physicians. To discuss this program with your colleagues, visit www.sermo.com. That's serm dot com. When you join, enter ReachMD in the promotion box to receive a $15 Amazon gift card.